Hi, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. Check it out. I got to give a big shout out to my show sponsor, my friends over at AVLX. I also have to give a big shout out to Charles Henry and Ace Young, the amazing performers and producers of the music behind the show, as well as the amazing people that make up the Hit Lab creative team who are the producers of the show. Folks, I have a favor to ask. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, click that subscribe button to make sure you get alerted when new episodes are dropped. Thanks for tuning in. The real success stories told by the people who live them. We're going to have some guests on this show that everybody knows, and we're going to have guests on this show that nobody knows yet. One by one, Nick Heider is adding hits to the hit streak. Blessings, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Hit Streak. I'm your man, Nick Heider, and I have got an unbelievable treat for you today. Um, got somebody that I've been extremely excited to get into the studio to do some podcasting, right? So um, in the house today, I've got a fellow Nashvilleian, Mr. Marcus Manise with Stronger Than My Father. Marcus, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm really excited to delve into the world of fatherhood. My man, that's what I'm talking about. As a father, so am I. All right. <laughs> so, um, all right, man. So, first of all, let's we got to go back. We got to go back. We got to yeah. talk to the folks about how we got here today, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing I got to do is I got to give a shout out to my man Jason Hulse. Yeah, Jason, good guy for connecting us. Right? Yeah, um, I'm yeah. so grateful. So grateful. So, Marcus, you are the founder and executive director of Stronger Than My Father Incorporated, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. All right. So Stronger Than My Father, that's an unbelievable name, first of all. Yeah, the name came from God. Let me say that, number one. The, mm-hmm. name, the game came from God. Um, around October of 2012, I was uh, putting a shirt on my son to take him bowling. And he had a shirt that said, Strong Like Dad. My wife bought it. And God whispered in my ear, stronger than my father. And I was like, man, that's a cool, catchy name. Let me just write it down. And then the name just kept registering in my head over and over again. And I was like, all right, I got to do something with this. So my first thought was to go out in public speak about fatherhood because I was uh, have an undergrad in psychology and I was really studying fatherhood. Why would a father leave his children? You know, those things. And... Um, I had a friend who said, hey, won't you start a nonprofit because um, you like mentoring? I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then the, the catchphrase was strong in my father is the cycle ends with me. Mm-hmm. And that's my research to understand that a father that has a son, once his son has a kid, he can keep that great cycle going like my father. He had his father. And so my father fathered us. And now I'm a father with my boys. So that cycle will continue. But those who grow without a father – our goal is strong in my father is to show that kid the importance of fatherhood. Mm. So when he becomes a father, he'll be there for his kids. And hopefully you see a generational cycle start. And then that cycle that was before that will stop. So that's why I say the cycle ends. It has to end with somebody. Amen, man. And when God speaks and you listen, good things can happen. Exactly. I never thought I would be doing this as a career. I never thought um, I would be mentoring. Uh, I looked at it as a hobby you know, I wanted the corporate career, and God said, that's not what you're going to do. And in 2014, I finally said, okay, God, 
Hooker Crook was strong in my father. And I say the last three years have been amazing. Mm. Um, doing strong in my father. Once I left my full time job in the aircraft industry and put my two weeks notice in and I looked up to God and I said, All right, just help me take care of my family. And this journey has been amazing. Waking up every day, putting my logo on, mm. putting my uniform on. Uh, it's amazing. Um, but when you do God's work, um, the journey is always going to be amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So first of all, you mentioned starting a nonprofit. All right. Mm-hmm. We talk to a lot of people that start businesses. Exactly. And and I have helped my father mm-hmm. um, organize a nonprofit organization. And starting a business is hard enough, mm-hmm. folks. Starting a nonprofit is harder. It took us a year to get approved, first of all, just with the paperwork and stuff. I mean, it was an unbelievable challenge. Yeah. And it didn't take me long. It took us probably about three months. I called the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It took us about three months to get approved. I think the struggle was trying to get funding. And once the funding took off, um, you you know, everything's been going, you know, learn how to write grants. uh, securing funds, ask people for donations. It's just a lot of work because, you know, you always have to continue working with nonprofits yeah. um, because you have to always continue to seek funding. So it's it's a, people say it's a everyday job. It is because um, you got to make connections, meet people. But um, if you tell, if you're passionate about it, you're going to do well. Right. And I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about impacting young men's lives and giving them a better shot at a better life. I'm passionate about it. So my passion has led me to a great amount of donations so we can continue to do the work that we're doing and also helping young men have a better shot. So nonprofit is, is, is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually I'm meeting a couple tonight that want to do a nonprofit helping the homeless. So I want to kind of coach them and help them mm-hmm. and give them all my knowledge and tools to help them live out their passion and live out their dreams doing a nonprofit. That's outstanding. Um, I hope you will continue to connect me with people like that that you're I will. talking about. Because, I will. Um, so you mentioned like nonprofits need um, funds. Oh yeah, right. So well, guess what? Businesses do too. They just call it revenue. Yeah, right. It's revenue. Yeah, it's and, almost the same thing. And there's customers, but nonprofits don't have customers most of the time. Not not the type like yours, yeah. because you're providing a service mm-hmm. for people that need it right so your revenue is coming through helping donations and things like that from other people so that you guys can fulfill your service right yeah donations uh, we have a small tuition for our after school program Get it. um so it's a small fee it's not even a whole lot what most big you know nonprofit did even do child care charge because we wanted to think about the family first and make sure it's a feasible for family so that's kind of how our funding goes is just tuition donations and then when we do fundraising events so I think if you use all those combinations or just really do great fundraising events, you're going to make um, uncomfortable. You'll make enough money to you'll be good for your nonprofit and also um, building connections. Connection. I just this year got into the networking world this year. I was always working at the center and someone told me, Marcus, you have to get away from the center and get out here and network and meet people because if not, you're going to just burn yourself out. Cause I was like, I'm going to be at the center, I'm going to drive the vans, I'm going to pick up the kids, I'm going to do this. And so now this is kind of the first time me being away from work and trusting my team to do the job of picking up 91 kids for after school program. Mm. 91 kids. That's a lot of kids. But um, after school programs are so needed because you look at the working parent who has to work, who can take it, who can pick up my child from school. 
and make sure they're safe, they're getting their homework done, and we provide the enrichment activities, STEM, dance, uh, art, music. We provide all that in the afternoon, and you're trying to put all that in really two and a half hours. Yeah. So um, that's the reason why after-school programs are important, um, and that's why I push for them. And that's why we've been doing, you know, God is blessed to do the great work we're doing with 91 kids, and we get calls every day, emails every day, actually have opens because your work is good. Right. And I told my staff, as long as y'all do good work, you're going to eat. You're going to have a great job, a great career, and you're going to be impacting someone. You're so going to be impacting someone. Not only are you providing an unbelievable service for the mm-hmm. youth in our community, but you're providing jobs to the workplace in exactly. the community, right? Yeah. So, um, and you were telling me earlier, you had how many, how many? Nine, I have nine employees. Nine employees. Nine employees. Uh, before the pandemic, I had 17. So wow. you're going to get back once our numbers, you know, continue our numbers increase. But I wanted to find people who had a passion for helping kids. I just didn't want to hire just the average person who said, I just need a job. But I always ask an interview, what is your passion towards kids? Because mm. if you're not passionate towards kids, you're not going to last long with me. So I have a great team that's been with me some since 2016, some since 2018, mm-hmm. but they believe in the mission. They believe in what we're doing, and they believe in the work that I'm trying to get out and get the word out to people about Stronger Than My Father and provide a great work environment Man. for the staff. And here's the thing you're not going to believe. All my staff is women except one. Amazing. Just I have one driver that's a male, <laughs> but all my staff is females. That's and so that's that's been a challenge at times because – I'm not a manager. I'm an organizer. So I'm looking to transition out of the day-to-day operation with the after school and give it to a woman. But um, I'm still going to be around. But it's just time for me to kind of branch out and do other projects. But I always will tell people after school programs are important. Because I'm going to tell you one, one fact is that so 60 shows from 3 to 6 p.m. is when most young kids get in trouble. 3 to 6 p.m. Wow. Who's when mom and dad are at work? And you have that gap. What are your kids doing between three and six? So after school programs are great. That's why boys and girls clubs are successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear people like Denzel and other celebrities say how the boys and girls club has changed their lives. Therefore, I'm trying to do a Hope Leadership Academy. I'm trying to get Hope Leadership Academy on that boys and girls level where they can say, hey, in 10 years, Hope Leadership Academy changed my life. Mm-hmm. And Hope Leadership Academy should be around. And actually, my wife wants to get Hope Leadership in other states. So you never know. Uh, Hope Leadership Academy may be in another state near you soon. So that was my next question, because like we got a lot to talk about today. But first, I'm ready. first of all, <laughs> um, the difference in, it, the same difference in, in nonprofit organizations that Mm-hmm. succeed in their mission and grow mm-hmm. and businesses that succeed and grow. They, they all have one thing in common and that is um, a person, a credible person mm-hmm. with a mission, right? So first of all, you're a brilliant man. I can tell you that right now. Well, so first, I appreciate it, that. Appreciate and that. this is in no need a knock. So, it, mm-hmm. but like if you were just, if you weren't doing what you're doing and you were just a businessman, brother, you would be, on in Forbes magazine, probably no, no, you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, That's cool, <laughs> but um, but you were called to do something different. You answered that calling, and and you're changing lives along the way. So my question is, mm-hmm. all right, um, how big? So you just you just mentioned your wife wants to have Hope Leadership Academy in other states. Like, how big can this be, or how big will it be? Before we go back and really talk about the intricate I think, details, um, wherever God wants it, 
If God puts on my oh heart, my to, if God puts on my heart to go somewhere else, I would do it. Um, if the opportunity presents itself, I would do it. Um, because I think that if you can have great after school programs that can educate kids, have kids reading and doing math and also teaching them great skills, kids will grow because you don't know what they're learning at home. Mm-hmm. We don't know what these kids go through at home. So my wife said, I want to be sure that whole leadership can be a safe place for kids to no one have fun. Wow. And I have kids in my school program. They don't want to go home because right. they're having so much fun. Right. They tell their mom, pick me up right before 6 p.m. because mm-hmm. they're having fun. So that's the reason why um, I wanted Hope Leadership to be a place where kids can have fun, enjoy themselves, and also it's a place where kids can also remember. I have pre-K kids because uh, we pick up pre-Ks that's been in my program three years, and they always still know the pre-K teacher. Wow. And say, we love Miss Tammy. We love Miss Tammy. Because Ms. Tammy impacted them as a pre-K. Mm-hmm. So I think just you have great staff members and great teachers that can impact kids. Your high school program is going to grow. And so I try to use that business model to have a great work environment, motivate my staff. And I say, look, I'm going to work hard. I need y'all to work hard. And we're all going to grow together. Mark, it's not just going to be Marcus growing, mm-hmm. but we all as a team to grow. Because I believe in the team effort. So that's why I push my staff. They've been with me for a while. Um, they believe in me. Mm-hmm. Um, the driver's been with me for a while. So it's just God has blessed me to kind of put a great model together for the after school program. And like I said, I still get phone calls. Can I get my kid in? So it's just a it's been a business where people's lives have been changed. And one thing we do after school program, I'm gonna tell you boys and girls don't do. We feed families at the end of the school year. We uh in our gym. We feed at least 350. Our last uh, after-school celebration, we fed 350 people. The rule. Incredible. The rule to come to this dinner is you must eat with your child at the table. So when you get your meal, your child has to be sitting with you because I want to show parents the importance of sitting down and eating a meal with your child. Hold on a second. (laughs) Say that again. Say that again. It's very important. That you eat a child, eat a meal with your child. Mm -hmm. And so ever since 2018, when I started doing Strong My Father full time, I look forward to eating dinner with my my wife and kids. Amazing. Every day. How's your day? How's it going? Um, My wife's looking at me right now at the wall (laughs) doing this because that's that's the thing. Like, you know, um, we're always going in the afternoons and that's one of her... Like something that we have to recommit to each other every yeah. single year is like certain this many times a week we're gonna sit down and eat together as a family, especially now that we have an eight month old. Oh, congratulations! Um, along the way too, right? So we gotta, you know, we're doing it all over again, and and um, I want to let the folks know um, that are listening and watching off camera. Um, this was. I knew this was going to be good. I just knew. <laughs> I, I honestly, your beautiful website. I appreciate. Like, it. I'm just telling you, like. You would, the story's incredible. You just, the presentation, everything is so good. I was so impressed with it that I had to have my son in the studio today to hear this. You know what I'm saying? So Ethan is in here. I'll get, you know what, in the, in, at the end, I'm going to have you come over. If you be thinking about one question that you would like to ask Mr. Marcus as we wrap at the end, and I'll have you come over here and get with me on the, and lean up to the microphone and say it, okay? Does that sound good? Never done that before. We're going to see how that goes, Fiona. <laughs> Fiona's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we shall see. Um, but, okay. So, um, Marcus, let's, 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 
You've told a little bit about why you did it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. So first of all, you mentioned uh, the gym. So you obviously have some partners. Maybe is it some churches or schools? Yeah, that you're working uh, with? Smith Green Church of Christ. Uh, I met a young lady who used to go to that church in 2015. And she just asked me a random question. And she's like, how's your program doing? And I said, I am looking for a building because I would love to start an after school program. She says, wonderful. My church has a facility that they're not really using. And I think it could be a great partnership. So make a long story short, met the path at Smith Springs, gave her my vision. A few months later, he was like, hey, you can use this building, which has a full court gym, a number of classrooms. Mm-hmm. And I started with just four kids with a dream. Yep. Didn't know what I was doing. No one trained me. And before, within four years, I had 125. So year two, year one, 15, year two, 65, year three, 80. By the time before the pandemic, I was at 125. Summer camp, 35, uh, 80, and 90 kids because I wanted to be sure they had fun. Mm-hmm. But one thing that in my program I did, I always included the family. If you include the family, you're going to always get support. And that's kind of where all of this come about. So great, you know, Smith Springs gave me a great building to do the things I'm doing. So I'm really, uh, thanks Smith Springs Church of Christ uh, and Smith Springs who believed in me, believe in my vision um, to allow me to use their building to do what we're doing. It's been a great partnership since 2016. I look forward to it. Every day I go to work, man. I look forward to it, man. I enjoy myself. It's unbelievable. I told you. Did you see the growth <laughs> that he just talked about? Like, seriously, that's how you make it to the, yeah. the like the Forbes list to watch. Like, that's yeah. exactly what business, they grow just like that. Mm-hmm. Just like you're doing, I mean, seriously, five years from now, what's that number going to be? It's going to be an unbelievable. Oh, right? yeah. 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 We may have to find another location. <laughs> or, or if God sees fit, build. That's right. So that, that was been, that's been one of my desires is to build from the ground up. That's a big project. But I just told God, if it's your will, let me build a building mm-hmm. that we can house 250 kids. That's a model that and, you can and, scale in multiple markets. Yeah. And, um, and you know, look how many more kids you can help. How many mm. more kids you impact. Thank you. How many more kids you can help read. Mm. Um, and because they can read these phones. I'm going to tell you about these kids. Cause my, I have two young sons, 12 and 6. They know how to work them phones and tablets. So I figure if you can do that, you can read a book. That's right. So that's one thing we have to do in the evening time is read. That's my, right. Both of my boys have to read books. That's awesome. And they have to read to me. And if they can read it good, then I'll let them play their tablet for about an hour or so. If they can't go. read it, no tablets. That's so it's, right. It's a rule. But they, but you know what? My youngest is so cool. He grabs his books when I get home. And I don't care how tired I am, I get energy to be sure I read with my son. That's right. And I never want my son to say, Daddy, you blessed so many other lives, but you never had time for me. Oh, my goodness. I would never do that to my son. Like my both of my kids, I always make time for them. That's right. And that's one thing my father did with us. He worked so hard, but he always had time for us. So I think I use that model um, for the after school, the mentoring. And I know when to crash. I know when to rest. You know, people tell me, Mark, you work all the time, but I know when to crash. I know, I know, I mean, excuse me, I know when to rest. That's right. But I push myself because there's so many people that need help. And, and some people are not going to help you. Some people are going to use you. Some people are going to not treat you right. I want to be the guy who said I did it. You know, when, when I lay across that casket, I want them to say, Marcus did it right. And that's what I want to do. They would say that today. Well, I hope so. <laughs> they would. I'm telling I, you they would. Like I said, I, just, I, just believe, in, I believe that um, people deserve a better shot at a better life. I just That's my motto. I've always said at the beginning. You deserve that, mm-hmm. to have a better life. And let People, you know, get around people who's going to give you the tools to do that and who believe in you yeah. and that's going to give you the tools. The people 
that get that do get remembered for at least a couple generations because most of us when we pass they put us in the ground or whatever mm-hmm. that however that works um with your belief system and um and then two generations later you know half the people that if you went to the cemetery today if they died in the early 1900s nobody speaks of that name anymore mm-hmm. they're forgotten mm-hmm. kind of and the i believe we're all put on this earth for a reason a god given yeah. reason I think the people that get remembered are the ones that actually figure out what that is and do it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's how I feel. Well, I think that um, we all here for a specific amount of time, as you said. But I've heard speakers say, "What are you going to leave? Mm-hmm. What's going to be your legacy?" Yes, uh, I want my legacy to be that I helped the fatherless. Mm. That's all I want my legacy to say is that um, there's an old song that I heard that says, uh, "May the work I've done speak for me." So I just want to be sure the work I do on this earth speaks about Marcus that I gave. Mm-hmm. I gave my life to bless others, even though I had a whole different career path that I had modeled for Marcus. Yeah. God says, I'm going to use this guy here to do the work. And and once you once I accepted it, it took yeah. me a while to accept it. But once I accepted it, um, I've never looked back at saying I'm going to do another whole career path. Um, I used, And I'd say this. Um, when, when I was um, going through trying to decide I want to do this, I used to jump on LinkedIn all the time, had my profile, but I'd be looking for other jobs. Mm-hmm. And then one day God was like, if you're going to do this seriously, don't ever go on LinkedIn again and look for another job. If you want to trust me that I'm going to bless you beyond measure, don't go on LinkedIn no more and look for another job. Mm-hmm. Plan B. Everybody that has plan B kills plan yeah. B. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's one thing I did. So I quit looking. And when you have a fallback plan, you're going to fall back. Yeah, because you're scared. That's and you're right. scared to leave your comfort zone. And so um, that's one thing I learned through reading different books and stuff like that. Don't go back to plan B. Hmm. It's either you're going to do this, hook or crook. And if you fail, you could say you tried. So when I did the after school, I didn't have no, uh, I only had limited knowledge. I said, if I fail the after school, I'm going to say I tried. When I do my uh, events, last year was the first year I fed famous for Thanksgiving. Incredible. Some people told me, oh, you better not do it. It's in the middle of a pandemic. God says feed them. Amen. And we ended up feeding 200, uh, we gave out 200 meals the first year and Jeez. raised the money that we even had over the amount. But I go and I take the risk. Doing a back to school celebration, never done in a huge setting. We had over 16,000 people show up. I take the risk and I said, if God, you with me, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to prove other people wrong. <laughs> so Man. I, that's how I motivate myself. To do the things that I'm doing now, um, I just take the risk. Yeah. And if it's a good risk, you're going to win. Feeding families and um, doing the after school. And, like, and, you know, these things are just things I took a shot at. Mm-hmm. Anytime you get a building that's 15,000 square foot and they pretty much gave you the building, if that ain't God, you don't believe in God. Thank and you. I tell people that. And so, like I said, Smith Springs done great by me. They have blessed me beyond measure to bless other people. And so now when they see me on TV, first thing I mentioned is Smith Green Church of Christ. Absolutely. Um, and that's the things that I want to do to help people and impact lives and use my life for that. You know, I, I like I said, I, I had that desire and it's still there. It's still there, but yeah. um, I know what God told me. He said, quit getting on LinkedIn, looking for jobs that's right. and do this work. And I promise you, I'm going to bless you beyond measure. Mm. Well, I mean, the numbers that you've thrown out there that mm-hmm. you're that you guys are already doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I can I can probably think of 
fifteen hundred to hundred fifty congregation churches right now that are trying to do similar things and they're not even sniffing that amount. Wow. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that just goes to show you how important that the um, that the leadership is. So I'm gonna go on record and say right now on uh on so I gotta do it because I'm I'm doing it right now <laughs> on the record, right? So um first of all, you toured our building here. Mm-hmm. Um so that front room up there was designed. I went to like a hundred coffee houses before I did this. That may be exaggerated. Maybe it was like 14. <laughs> um, sounds better. <laughs> but I saw all these amazing conversations and all these transactions and business deals and mm-hmm. things happening, relationships being built in a coffee house. It was loud. It was crowded. It was all these mm-hmm. people just crammed in in tables. And that's why the front room is kind of looks the way it is. Yeah. Is because I, that's a gathering spot. Right. So, but we hold, we hold a lot of uh, networking groups. We hold, um, I, I've, we've had meetings, we've had trainings and anything you can think of in there. When you look at that room on the way out, I want you to think of a way that you could bring some of your, I know you probably can't fit everybody and it's not that big, but how could you use that room? There's an Apple TV on the screen. You can mirror, you can use it for presentations, whatever you need to do. Okay. I want you to take a look at that and I want you to take advantage of that. And then the other thing I want you to do is you're sitting in this, um, in, in the hit lab here in the studio. I love it. I love and, getting um, that, man. Well, you've, you've, you're obviously going to have every, every class as a valedictorian or a top mm-hmm. of the grade or whatever, the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. You probably will have one that stands out in, in every, every one of your classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to think of something that you could do with that, with that individual. Okay. Where you bring them in this studio and you make that something that would incentivize them to finish stronger than they already are. I'll, I'll do that. And use that. And Fiona, we're going to figure out how to make that work for them, right? So I'm putting it on the record right now. Let's it's do happening. it. It's Don't happening. do it because I'm telling you, you go get the call because I'm going to move. I love it. I'm going to move because once you give me the challenge, I go. That's right. Um, and, and like I said, I had kids. I helped graduate high school. Going, I had my, my first young man I really had hands on, uh, Marquise Anderson. Um, I actually saw him. He actually, anytime I do an event, he comes and volunteers. And had a full ride, full ride to Tennessee State University in 2013, graduated in 17, is doing well. Uh, My wife put a picture of when he received his scholarship in 13. So in my hallway, if you come out of my office, that's the first picture you see Mm -hmm. of me and him in 2013. And my wife put that picture there, she said, because anytime you get depressed or you feel like quitting, I want you to look at that photo to see why you're doing what you're doing. Ethan, we're going, we got to go check out his space. Fiona, we got to film it. We got to film it. Let's do it. Right? It's a great, great facility. Um, And did a mural, did a a whole mural. So the hallway is this whole sea world. Um, Because I wanted kids to have something fun to look at every afternoon. Uh, Had a great artist who did all my murals. I mean, he was great. And I just used all these fun methods to try to help kids and then have a great after school center where kids can come and i think one thing that helped that school grow outside of god was i built relationship with the parents mm-hmm. is when they pick their kids up how you doing you have a great day your kid i mean you built a relationship and just and you treat these treat the kids like they're your own mm-hmm. and that's what that was one thing i wanted to do and my dad who has a lawn service business and we've been in business since i was 13 and I'm 45 now, so I tell people to do the math. Um, he always showed that great customer service. And that's one thing that I wanted my greeters to do, always smile, um, give a great customer service. And one of my uh, staff members who was out one day who works the door, uh, one lady looked at me and she was like, who are you? Because they were used to that one person being there all the time. 
So I want to just, that's just my thing is, uh, in the business model is, like I said, have great experiences. And uh, like I said, when we fit, when I was talking about the beginning of feeding the family, that was really, really cool to me because uh, one woman came to me and she said this was the first time in months I actually sat down and had a meal with my child okay. in months. Literally crying to me. And um, and she said, thank you for thinking about the family model. Mm. And so, but it happened because I grew up with a father and a mother yeah, who had that same model in me. So those are the things I bring to the after school and I also do it for summer. So summer camp, we it's always barbecue. Somebody comes in with barbecue, we eat our food, the kids put on a performance, and it's done in an hour and a half. And someone speaks on the importance of family. I tell whoever speaks, you got to talk about family. So I think I use those models to build something that can be lasting, standing, and um, continue to help people. And I think just after school, and forgot to mention, my oldest son was in my school program from first grade to fifth grade. So my my oldest son, uh, Marcus Jr., so every day, this this really touched me. Every day uh, when I was driving the bus, he would wait for me in the front door to give me a high five every day he'd come in. That's incredible. He said, I want to see my dad. And so I think just my goal in life, I really think it's just to push people's mindset to understand that fatherhood is so important. Yeah. Not saying motherhood isn't, but the least um, – likely holiday that people get mad about his father's day. That's right. Yeah. I just tell the truth. Um, you see more cards <laughs> at Walgreens, mm-hmm. but Mother's Day, you can't get in a restaurant. That's right. You can't hardly find a card, but father, you know, why is Father's Day like that? And it's because the absence of the father. So I want to use my life oh, to, be, to speak on. more about that. Mm. It's absent. And so, um, and I think that people don't know the effect when the father's not present. Your right. son's watching you. He's watching your every move. Told you. So that means that any move you make wrong could affect his life and could affect the altar of his life. Mm-hmm. So as a father, I need to do everything as perfect as possible. How I treat my wife. Yeah. Um, and that's what my dad did. I watched how my dad treated my mother. Treated her like a queen. Yeah. So I don't know what violence looked like. I don't know what abuse looked like. I don't know. Only I, only I know what it looked like is what I see on TV. That's right. I didn't grow up with it. Mm-hmm. So how can I do something I didn't grow up with? That's right. And so I've been, like I said, I'm an open book. Never put my hands on my wife. And I'm a big guy. But never put my hands on my wife because I didn't see my father do it. That's right. And I know that it's wrong. And he always told me, you don't never put your hand on a woman. He said, and this, is a, this is a marriage advice. Whoever's watching the podcast, a great marriage advice. He always told me, before you put your hand on a woman, you leave the house. Told me that. So all these tools is what I want to give young men. Incredible. Because I think that when you don't have that, how do you know how to do something if you don't have somebody teach you? We were taught these things. I don't think, um, so there's a lot of, not a lot, there's people that are just as passionate, mm-hmm. that have the a, a, a mission that's mm-hmm. equally as important, but like there's a dynamic that has to happen for something like this to really take off. Because man, I'm blown away. I'm tr- I'm absolutely honestly blown away right now. I appreciate as I'm, it. as I'm continuing to learn more about this. But like, first of all, you, the person that's leading the charge mm-hmm. has to be qualified and credible, which you are, and appreciate that's it. that's rare in itself. All right, but that's only one piece of the dynamic. Because mm-hmm. you've mentioned uh, you mentioned your wife Latoya, Marcus Jr. and, and Jordan, your two sons. Mm-hmm. That that like they have to support this. Yes. Like, which is incredibly rare. 
Yeah. I mean, if that you don't have that, we're not talking today. No, it would be rough mainly because um, my wife, here's what she told me. She she knew that I wanted a career uh, doing something else, and she loved her job at BMI, Broadcast Music Incorporated. She's mm-hmm. been there for a long time. She loves that job. And I said, well, what if I just, you know, put my time and energy in building strong in my father? And she said, if you do that, I'll help you behind the scenes. So my wife is actually the behind the scenes. It's no strong in my father without Toya. Mm-hmm. I tell anybody that. Right. Without I, Latoya, I could have told you that yeah, when he's done. Yeah, yeah. Without without Latoya, there's no strong in my father. Because right. um half of the things she does, I can't do. Right. Some things she do on the computer, I can't do. Right. So, um, and we've built something together that's hopefully can impact kids even longer when I'm going. And so I always appreciate her. And what she does to help me grow as a person and as a um, as a man, and I just want to be sure that I return the favor by doing the work that I'm doing, keeping a clean home, a nice happy house, um, and I think that's what really helps grow the organization name because there's no mess going on in the center, uh, scandals and all that stuff, and and all that stuff affects your business. So the the more you can keep it clean, the better. And that's why I have a great strong team behind me. So yeah, I tell people there's no strong in my father without Toya. That's right. So when she hear the podcast, she'll say, "Okay, uh, you didn't have to say that." That's what she'll say. Of you didn't have to say you, that. Of but, course you didn't. Um, but yeah, people see me, but they don't see her. Right. But she's a behind the scene person. Right. Well, the um, you met my wife. Yes. And um, there is none of this. Like, I was Lance and I were talking about this when when he was sitting in that chair. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people like this room? It's, it's pretty cool, right? But I love like it. Um, this studio, how many people, especially if the wife is the business partner like mine is, could you mm-hmm. go home and be like, I mean, when we built this, this is this is in an insurance office, okay? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we weren't big on podcasts or anything else. We just knew we like creating cool stuff, and we're called to do a lot of things too. Yeah. But like, imagine going home and saying, "Hey, I want to build something like this." <laughs> the look at you that you would get. Well, I think Toya would be cool as you, like, as long as you can afford it. Because yes. that's all she would say. She's like, you live your dream. Yeah. That's what she always told me. And one thing my wife has never had, never done was down my dreams. She might say, you, you're going a little crazy. But she didn't say that it's impossible. You can't do it. Because she know that drives me. Like, yeah. if you tell me I cannot do something, I will work hard to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, when people told me I wasn't smart enough to go to college, um, and said that you're not smart as your brother. Like, that drove me insane to finish college. So at times I was tired when I had to do papers, I thought about that, and I guess got mad. And I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I'm a driven individual, kind of like the late Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. He let things drive him. Michael Jordan, you told Michael he couldn't do something, drove him insane until he did it. That's right. That's who Marcus is. I'm, I'm insanely driven. And I wonder, you know, that's what pushes me. So my wife says, don't tell Mark you can't do it. Just say, you know, can I help or something like that? Because I will prove you wrong yes. that I can do it. So that's it's just, but that's me. But that's that's a Mark thing. So mm. I have to have those things to keep me driving, keep me moving forward. All right. So let's make sure that all of our folks, so um, they know that uh, the purpose behind the organization. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, so you've been doing this for, you founded this uh, in uh, 2013. Yes, 2013. And and I want to say something because we're big. We just finished our, November is our month of hope where we, right. we do a mission um, as a team. 
and uh, we had partnered with New Hope Community Church and okay. worked with done some uh, provided some things for some children going into foster care that was much needed. Um, we've done a lot of different things. Hope is the key word because, like, literally without hope, what is there? Like, you hope, you hope your kids mm-hmm. turn out good. You hope you don't have cancer. You hope that you can pay bills or that you thrive or that you succeed or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you hope good things happen to good people. Without hope, there's nothing. And that's yeah. what you guys, you have your leadership academy. It's called Hope Leadership Academy. So, like, yeah. um, I'm all about that, right? So let's let's make sure you have multiple um, multiple branches or, or yeah. uh, pieces of what you're doing. So um, you take me through from each thing. So the kids range the 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 the, the kids range from pre-K to 5th grade. Pre-K to 5th grade. Pre-K to 5th. Um right. that started because um it was first K through 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel like middle school wasn't a huge target uh, of kids coming for after school, so we actually did um we moved to K through pre-K cuz I realized a parent told me that key pre-K's get out at 2 o'clock and most parents don't get off of work till at least 4 or 5. So what happens to the pre-K? And so I had a great staff member, Miss Tammy, who said, hey, I get off work at 1.30. I could be there by 2. And I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. So we went from, I think, the first year, about five or six pre-Ks. And then before the pandemic, we had 40. <laughs> so it grew Unbelievable. every year because of the deed. How do you get the word out? How do the people find out about this? This is a great story. Um, when I first started trying to start Hope Leadership Academy, I have God in my mission statement. And because the Metro public schools wouldn't put out my information because they had to be respectful of other people's religion. Sure. So what they said is we'll put it on our, um, when you come in the office, it'll be in the office. Great. So, so they found a way. It up. They found the way and then the word got out. Social media, uh, friends and family, it's just the word got out. And then the schools realized, hey, these parents are coming asking us, you know, you know, in the after school programs. And that's when they kept saying, call Marcus that's stronger than my father or whole leadership. So they don't never know what name to call it. Yeah. And that's how it started. And then we had, before the pandemic, we had a, at least about an 85% return rate. Wow. So pretty much kids stayed the same year. So it just grew. Man. And it's just basically the word got out that way. And um, and it's just every year, every year it grows. Um, and the schools tell them about me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I told my staff, if you keep your name clean, you're going to always grow. And that's what happened in our program. Picking up the kids on time, that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, school's not bad-mouthing and stuff like that. So it all worked out. Before I forget, if there's um, anybody else that that you work with that helps your organization, that works with your organization, or anybody that I need to bring in here and and uh, and, and share the good stuff, make sure that we you handle You definitely. Uh, and, and I have some staff that uh, I would love to um, really – I think they'll be shocked that I asked them to do something like this um, because they've impacted um, so many kids in our program. We just, um, my networking group, uh, Network International Today in Cool Springs, had a great luncheon for us as a fundraiser. I told my whole staff to come. I said, I want y'all to see the work that I do when I'm out here on Wednesdays. And they were blown away with over 70 people eating lunch, honoring us. So it's, I, I, I told my team, wherever I go high, you guys are coming with me. So it's not markets growing high and y'all stay down there. If I grow, you grow. And that's what I, I love. I think my staff really appreciate me thinking of them and not just saying, okay, I'm going to give you a check, go on somewhere. Yeah. But we all a team. I would do a podcast with all of us in here. That would be a show. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. because um, they've enjoyed working with me and um, enjoy, you know, um, the success and seeing the success of the program. 
So I'm, I'm excited for them. I, I really appreciate all of them. Three things that I learned from um, somebody that I look up to a whole lot. His name's Troy McQuaig. He's the CEO of um, U.S. Health Group. Okay. And um, he always said, income is the outcome, not the objective. I agree with that. Love that. He said, uh, provide somebody with a hand up, not a handout. Mm-hmm. Love that. And um, make your passion greater than your purpose. Or make, sorry, make your pur- make your purpose greater than your problems. I agree with that. And you can't lose. You can't. And you can't lose. And you are literally like a walking example of all, <laughs> of all this stuff. Because there, there's you could think of, I could find a million reasons why um, launching a 501c3 in Nashville, especially you had a million reasons during the pandemic to, to, to not grow mm-hmm. and say, Oh, now I can go back to LinkedIn. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? I actually enjoyed, um, we was all from March of 2020 to August. And one of my, uh, former staff members, she was like, Mark, we're going to open back up and we're going to do virtual school. I was like, all right, we'll give it a shot. And we did virtual school from August to October. And then some of the kids that didn't go back to school, we kept them in virtual. Mm-hmm. So I had people motivate me. Uh, I wasn't depressed or sad. Um, I actually enjoyed some of the rest, but I was still working. Mm-hmm. I was still working, still reading grants, and because uh, I'm a grant writer as well. So I still worked. But um, the rest helped me a whole, a whole lot. But as uh, long as you have people that can push you. I mean, leaders, we get tired. Leaders, we get a little depressed. It happens. But it's great to have people that drive you, that you can always count on. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier is about having a mentor. Um, I have, um, I don't have, I had two mentors. One passed away in 19. I have one that really pushed me to go back to college, and then my dad's up top. Mm-hmm. So I have great people that if I'm tired, I need somebody to talk to. I got some great sounding people I can always talk to. You know, um, Simon Sinek says you can't be a great leader until you've been a great follower first. I agree with that. And if you think about it, even the great leaders, the disciples in the Bible were first a follower. Exactly. Right. And 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 I, and, I, and, I, and like I said, um, the guy who I followed with the app school was Bill Hobbs of Urban Youth Impact. Um, I saw his motto and I was just so happened doing some homework and just Google app school program and his popped up. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my wife, I was like, man, this would be cool if we could do this. And that's where the thought for after school come from, program come from. And then I bought his book, which I call my after school Bible. So I have so many highlights in there. And I just use that book as a template to start. Uh, Cause his is the leadership Academy. I just mm-hmm. put, I took the off of it and I put hope there. And so that's where the name come from. But I just think that mentors are, are so needed. Um, and that's why I try to use my life, even helping those who want to start a nonprofit. They see me, and I'm like, look, I give you every tool for free. Mm. I want you to see you successful. Kind of like, you know, a baby being birthed and you're being successful. So like so I have an evening meeting today and she was like, I know you're tired, but can you meet with me and my husband for like 30 minutes? You just need, I'm like, yeah, I got you. That's awesome. Because I'm giving back. That's and, right. um, and I want to help other people because if people have a passion for something to help people, you need to help them because you don't want them to lose that passion. Mm-hmm. They don't want to lose that fire inside of them because I'm telling you, if I could teach a nonprofit class, I would tell people that it's hard. I'm gonna tell you up front, and if you ain't tough enough, it's going you're gonna quit. And they say most nonprofits quit within three to five years. That's correct. They can't. They can't. It just either I'm not making no money, or it's a high rate. Yeah. It's, when you say most, it's like eight out of eighty percent or more. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, I had a formal consultant um, when we got started. She looked at me and she said, if you don't quit, I'll help you. That's all she said. Just don't quit. And once she her consulting time was up and she left, I was like, all right, I'm on my own, mm-hmm. but I ain't going to quit. And I, I think like that every day. Like, I'm not going to quit. And um, and I'm just really driven. And all it takes is somebody to push a button. And Mark would just, <laughs> if someone told me today, you cannot build a building, I probably worked the rest of my life trying to build a building just to prove somebody wrong. But One that, brick at a time. But that's me. But um, I just, I just, I just, you know, when I sit back and I look at everything that, like, this has been a great year for Strong and my father. From golf tournament, just when I sit back in December and I reminisce, I'm like, wow. You know, you've done a lot to help people. Um, people saw me on TV on Thanksgiving with Channel 4 and Channel 5 airing me live. And I don't let none of that stuff get to my head. I did. <laughs> I sure did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I sure my, did. I was live uh, at the center on Thanksgiving morning. So, basically, 4 and 5 had two cameras. I turned around. I'm on 4, and I turned around. I was on 5. So, awesome. um, and I don't let none of it get to my head. Every but you need to be on every every camera right well, now. Well, I need it, man. I need it, man. That's what you need. That's what you <laughs> need. I want to keep getting my voice out, man. So all right, you kind of talked to me about um why uh, the the passion um your passion about fatherhood. You talked a little bit about um why mentorship is so important because everybody follows somebody regardless. Yeah. There's nobody that's yeah. just totally rogue and and uh, even people that march by the beat of their own drum are they heard some song they're they're going through right so yeah. like um so again like so i ask you how how big does this get and you said that's a god thing yeah it's a god thing however far god takes it um um i don't know i tell people i don't know but if somebody came from another city say we got a building can we start one i probably would do it um cuz here's the thing i love a challenge mhm I really love challenges um, because I want to. I want to see can I see can it happen. And you got the model now. You have yeah. a proven model that you yeah. could replicate in in other markets. Yeah, all you need is some good teachers and some vans and a building. <laughs> You're gonna make it. That's it. Because you got to advance and pick up kids from school. So I think if somebody asked me, I would do it. Um, first of all, I would pray about it and talk to Toya. So Toya says, "Hey, let's go for mm-hmm. it." Because Toya think Toya is a Toya is a. Uh, Strategic thinker, Mark just goes for it. Yeah. But Toya said, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. And I'm just like, hey, it's a challenge. I'm going to go. Balance so, is good. Yeah, you need to balance. And um, But I just never know how big, strong, and my father want to be. I just want to, I want the name to grow. Like, when you hear strong, and my father, you'll think, like, you hear Boys and Girls Club, you know what they do. Right. If you hear Big Brothers and Big Sisters, you know what they do. Right. When somebody hears strong, and my father, I want them saying, what is that? I want them to know exactly what strong, and my father does, or exactly what we do. Okay. And what exactly the name means, it means to help the fatherless. Mm-hmm. That's what's strong in my father. If you, in any time's pocket, it's to help the fatherless. Mm-hmm. Give the fatherless children a shot. Help them break the cycle. So when they become parents, they'll be there for their kids. That's really what I want the name strong in my father to be. Now, Ethan, you be thinking about that question? You've been thinking about it? You better be getting ready. You got, uh, we're about halfway there. All right, and you get to come up and ask that question. So I got some more questions, though. Um, so first, I love stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, you mentioned your first, your first, uh, your your first um, student. Yeah, right. You mentioned your first student. So um, to, I don't know, two or three stories that stand out. Um, with mentoring, um, this young man, Marquise, was a good kid, just going through a lot at home. 
Um, I remember once his mom had um, a little altercation, she called me to come talk to him. And as we were talking out, he lived, he lived in a kind of a rough area. Mm-hmm. And I didn't grow up around gun violence. So we stand outside and I hear a pop. And I'm like, this is close. And he was like, well, maybe they're practicing at the police academy. And I said, okay. So we started talking again. And I just see kids running and I just hear bullets flying. And so literally I grabbed Marquise and we literally ducked near my car. And I just hovered over him. And I'm hollering, screaming for Jesus because I'm scared. And I told my wife that. And my wife goes off. Mm-hmm. She was like, you could have died. And I said that um, isn't helping the father's worth losing your life over. Oh, wow. And she told me that. She just looked at me like, I can't believe you said that. I said, um, Dr. King gave his life helping others. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to do what he, you know, he was brought to earth to do. He didn't want to do what he did, but he lost his life helping others, and yeah. that can happen. And so, um, that was a that that. I mean, every time I look at that picture, that was always life altering to me. Yeah, because I didn't grow up around that. So, um, I've had I've helped kids. Um, another young man, Peter Green. Um, he was um, in the football. Um, he asked me, "Can I take him to Ohio for a um, football camp?" I'm like, I've never taken the kid that far anywhere. But you know what? Because of him, I rented a car, took him to Ohio just for a football camp. And we basically drove up there. I slept for a few hours, took him to camp, and then went back home at evening. So I've gone over and beyond helping um, young men um, have a shot, you yeah. know, and um, his father wasn't around. And so uh, I miss talking to him. I have to definitely connect with him. Um, because once they get 18 and they grow, it's really hard to get in touch with them. But I, one story I, I have in particular is why I got started with mentoring. Okay. Let me give you a story. 2003. I can't believe I didn't say this at the beginning. 2003, my mother, I have a cousin named Dominique Cruz. He lives in, um, Dover, Delaware. He's actually my cousin. And my mom asked me to, his mother died in 03 and he has never seen his father. So he's three and a half years old. My mom asked me to be his big brother. First, I tell my mother no. Because I don't have time to fool with kids. I'm newly married. Well, I want to fool with any kids. And so I think a couple of months go by, and my mom asked me again. I'm like, Mom, I don't feel like doing it. And she was like, he really needs you. Do it for your mama. That's the code word. That's right. And so I said, okay. So I start picking him up. And from 03 to 06, it was like a father-son. Mm. Like, like I was picking him up multiple times. And then in 2006, his grandmother, which is my aunt, decided to move to Dover. Took him from Nashville and moved to Dover. And that was the first time I literally cried like I was losing my child. And I didn't have any kids at the time. Wow. And um, from 2006 to 2015, me and my wife flew him in every year for the summer to spend time with us. That started my journey to understand father. I didn't understand fatherhood. Mm. was through Dominique. So pretty much all of this comes from Dominique. Wow. And so he's doing great. He graduated. And then uh, the, the sad part was um, his grandmother, which is my aunt, she died in 2010 from cancer. Okay. She called me about a week or two before she died. And she said, um, do you promise, can you promise me that Dominique graduates high school? That's all I ask you to do for me. Let him graduate high school. So when he graduated in 2017 or 18, um, we flew to Dover and... Uh, when they called his name, I recorded it. It's still on my phone. 
And I looked up to the sky and I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> and I told my aunt, I fulfilled your mission. You graduated high school. And so he joined the uh, National Guard. He's working at the post office and doing good. And um, Dominique is, is like my firstborn. And he told me when MJ was born in 2009, he said, you promised me, he said, you're going to leave me because MJ's here. Your child's here. And I tell Dominique, I never call him by his name. I'll call him son. I have never, probably two or three times I've ever called him Dominique. If he calls me right now, I say, hey, son, what you need? That's incredible. That's that's because I want he's never called me dad, which is fine. Um, but I want him always have a sense of what a father would have done for him. Mm. He's never seen his dad. And Dominique's uh, birthday is um, Saturday. Wow. So he'll be 22. And I'm proud of him um, because um, I want him to be successful. And so that's actually my journey with Dominique Cruz, um, how I got into mentoring, mm-hmm. um, my understanding of uh, trying to help the fatherless. Um, I have pictures of me and Dominique with Shaq and Dwayne Wade jerseys. When when Shaq played for the Miami Heat, I mm-hmm. took him to J.C. Penney where they had the photo booth, and we took. I have them photos at my home right now, um, because he was my son. Yeah, and, and to this day, I call him my son. Um, I I never call him just hey you my cousin. Right. But if he called me tomorrow, he know hey Mark got my back, and I and that and that's really where I really enjoyed mentoring. Yeah, it's just kind of seeing a flower grow to something special. And then you see that young man become something special because I said this on another uh, either podcast or radio, I can't remember. If young men can learn how to do bad, why can't they learn how to do good stuff? Oh, I tell you that. If you learn, and I, and I tell kids that because that's why you see on the news now with social media, kids are learning. If you don't have a dad or somebody's watching your child's tablets and phones, they're learning other ways through social media. Yep. So if you don't, and that's why they're saying for TikTok and Instagram and all these other social media platforms, um, kids are trying to discover who they are. And if you don't have a parent teach you that you're beautiful, if you're big, or you look this way, you're still beautiful. When you have a father tell a girl that she's beautiful, social media don't even dictate to her. Right. A father needs to tell her she's beautiful. Don't let that determine who you are. And that's where, you know, my oldest son, he's autistic. I have no problem saying that. Um, and we just found out when he was three years old, he had a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I always teach him, you're going to be smart. You're going to do this. I always say positivity to him. Mm-hmm. Every time I talk to him, when I pick him up from school, it's always positive. Yeah. Never negative. Never you're dumb or you're this or you're that. It's always positivity because I want him to always know that his dad believed in him. That's what I want to know that his, I want him, you know, if something happened to, to me, I want him to always know his dad believed in him. And he's going to find new ways to fix, to, to solve old problems because yeah. of the way he learns. Yeah. And that's where, you know, when you have that piece missing, you know, it's unfair to a mother who has to cook and try to train a child. It's a lot of work. And that's why you see some moms snap. Yeah. It was never designed for that. It was designed for the father to lead and the wife to help. Mm-hmm. that's what God designed was. And then when you mess up a design, just like building this, if you don't build it the right way, it's not going to work. And they, I tell people, they told that, me, that's right. Yeah. They told me the and, same and, thing. And I tell people that I tell people that. And so it falls on deaf ears. Some people don't want to hear it. And I said, okay, here come the problem. Mm-hmm. You're going to see all these problems start up. Yeah. And so that's why when we take the kids to school, I want them to look decent when they go to school, yep. have a coat on, 
look decent before you go to school. Mm-hmm. And these are things that I was trained by my parents. And that's why I'm pushing my life speaking about it because people put fatherhood to the curb. Yeah. And they don't realize when you see somebody shooting a gun, just like in Michigan, you're not born into this world to kill people. That's right. What were you trained mm-hmm. by your parents? What are you trained? And that's why I try to really tell people about fatherhood. And that's why I'm using my life, my voice to tell people, wake up because anybody can go have kids. Mm-hmm. But God gave everybody mechanism to have kids. Mm-hmm. But then if you don't do it right, problem starts. That's right. I just tell people, do, do what you want to do, but you're going to bring on the problems. And people don't believe that. And I see it every day. I see it every day with the after school. 95% of our parents and women pick up their kids. 5% men. Mm-hmm. Pick up their kids, and and you know, and I see sometimes a problem. Yeah. How some of these kids act, I always say, "Where's the dad?" I always ask, "Where's the father?" And people, and you know what? And it's funny that when I see when I ask these questions about father, how people cringe, people give me a dirty look. Um, if a mom pulls up, Marcus, I need you to talk to my son. I say, "Where's the dad?" Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's at. And you know, these are things that I see all the time. And I just say, number one, God, why you even put this in me? But somebody has to speak on the fatherless. Yeah. And that's what I want to use my life and platform for. And that's why the word strong in my father is out there because kids can break the cycle. Even my father, he asked me that one day. He said, um, and he and what you told your son, he said, son, I want you to always be better than me. I want you to go farther in life than I ever want. Mm-hmm. And I've seen parents hold their kids back because they didn't want their kids to go farther than them. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. I've seen that personally. And I was like, I want MJ and Jordan to go far than what dad has done. That's right. And help people and change people's lives. And that's what you have to yes. do. And so that's why I use this platform to talk. Hope I don't bore people, but I'm just like, when I see CBS News, when I see these problems, I always look at my wife. And she's usually sitting kind of where your assistant is. And I look at her and I says, ain't no daddy. Yeah. She's like, there you go again, talking about daddy. But I, I see the problems, and I just I just want to use a platform like a podcast just to talk about it. And you can do what you want to do. Sure. You can live the way you want to live, but I tell you one thing, you bring on problems when you don't do it the right way. You bring and on problems. Having um, the greatest gift on this earth is having a child. Yes, I agree with that. It's the greatest, like... I look, first of all, it's hard to remember what life was like before Ethan got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even now, even though Ansley's only eight months old, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Remember what it was like before she was here. And he, we had 11 years with him before she got here. Wow. Um, that's a big gap. That's it was. Cool. That's cool. And, um, but like, it's the, it's the most, it's just the greatest gift there is. The, the greatest thing that ever happened to my wife and I was our two children. And wow. it, and it changed us. It made us, um, first of all, it made us see the imperfections in ourselves that we, mm. the things we did need to work on because we immediately, they, they show you, yeah they show you exactly what's wrong with you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. and that old, uh, that old saying, uh, do as I say, not as I do don't work. Yeah. Yeah. It don't work. That's, um, that's, that's, the, that's, that's fake anyways. Yeah. It's fake anyways. Right. So, um, cause he's watching every move you make and you everything. may not believe it. The way you talk to your wife, he's watching, he's listening. Mm hmm. Because he's gonna imitate you. Oh, sometimes when I hear him, <laughs> when I hear him, if I hear him talk to his mother in the wrong way, I know that I did it first. Yeah, he's gonna hear that way, and me and that don't make it okay. Because <laughs> me and my wife, we have debates. Like, like one thing about my wife, she hates about me. She said I love to debate. She was like, 
before we watch this show on TV, are we going to debate? She'll ask me that. Mm-hmm. And I said, depending on the topic. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so we'll go like hard debating, and it sounds like we're arguing, but we're not. And my oldest son will say, break it up, break it up. But we're debating, and I'm trying to get my point across, and she's trying to get her point across. And, you know, and I said, Are you going to get on the podcast? And she's like, nope. Because <laughs> she said, but I just think that children see their imitation of what they see at home. Right. So um, kids are not born to curse. They're not bronze girl to they, they brought in the world to lie, but they're not bronze word to curse. They hear words and they hear things from school. So it's just, I, I know I'm living in a, a fantasy world of telling people father and mothers need to be together. But I just tell people, you know, the problems that arise when you don't have that. Sure. When you don't have that. My my son's teacher can say, hey, I can call Toya, I can call Mark mm-hmm. anytime. And that's what my dad wanted. Right. My dad wanted his kids to have great wives, a uh, great husband. Because I have a younger sister uh, who has a great husband that takes good care of her. So everything is centered around me as fatherhood. It doesn't leave my brain. I talk about it all the time because that's uh, that's a lot of the problem. School, you know, I tell people, your kid can't read in school. That's the dad's fault. Mm. I tell people that. And they get mad. They say, well, what about the mom? I say, if the dad provide a great home, then mom's going to help. Mm. So these just, these just things I say that, you know, some people think I'm off the wall saying it. But, um, you know, me and my wife were a great team for our kids. And, and I just want to see other kids have a shot. The people that would argue with you, first of all, you could ask them one easy question we say a lot around here, which is, mm. how's that working for you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I say that. And um, uh, they get mad. They get mad. That's why my wife was worried about me doing the podcast. She was like, what are you going to say? But I just try to tell people the truth. I try to tell people. Um, Honesty. Well, that's why I have to live my life the way I live it. I can't live. I can't get on podcasts and TV and live one way and live another way. It has to be one way. And so um, if I'm a married father, I'm supposed to be right. I'm supposed to be faithful to my wife. Because if I'm not faithful, what happens? It brings on problems. And I, it's a problem that I don't have to deal with if I do right. That's right. I tell people that. I don't need nobody screaming me over a pulpit on Sunday to tell me that. That's All right. you got to do is just do it right. You know, mm-hmm. as men, we always tempted to do wrong. That's right. But like I said out there when we had our pre-op is I, I think before I make a move. I think. Mm-hmm. If I cheat, here's a, here's a potential problem that can arise. Mm-hmm. And I look at like top 10. And you lose, <laughs> every, you lose in yeah. every one of them. So I'm like, okay, do I want to go through these top 10 problems when I don't have to go through it? Right. So that's how I train myself because I'm, I'm flesh. I'm not human. I'm not God. But I just think about, you know, all who it affects. Mm-hmm. It can affect my staff who looks upon this job for their livelihood. Uh, it can affect uh, my kids yeah. and say, okay, dad, you did all this work and all this talking about fatherhood and look what you did. So I use these things to train myself to try to be the best husband and the best father. And one thing we didn't put on there is I've been married 20 years. 20 years. So that's, been, that's I just a, celebrated 20 years in June. That's incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> that's a that's a milestone, man. Yeah, 20 years, man. And my mom and dad just celebrated 50 uh, in November. That's wonderful. So 50 years. 20 years that Latoya has put up with me. Probably 25 years because we dated five years um, before I got married. But I think, you know, we're a good team. Yes. Um, that um, we, we both... I think the way she grew up, the way I grew up, I think it actually kind of balanced us both out. Um, Because I grew up with a big family. She just grew up with her and her mother. Yeah. So um, it's a balance. But it works. And uh, and, uh, I have a great friend. Incredible. So, um, Ethan, you almost got your question ready? 
You almost got it ready? Cool, because I'm about to be at you. you all right. So um, you have a um, December 20th at 6, at 6 p.m. at the Smith uh, Springs Church mm-hmm. of Christ here in Nashville. Um, you have a Hope Leadership Academy 2021 Christmas program. Yes, um, we partnered with One Church Ministry with Brian Sweat, who's the uh, leader of that organization. He said, hey, Mark, I want to be a blessing to your kids uh, for Christmas. So he says, any way you can put a Christmas program together? And my staff asked me that. I was like, yeah, let's get our kids to sing. Cause we did it in 2018 Okay, that our kids performed, um, sang Christmas carols. I actually had a girl who used to be in my program who actually drew an angel while a young man was doing a poem. So we had some real talented kids. So we're doing that on uh, Jan- uh, December 20th at Smith Street Church of Christ at 6 o'clock. And then all the kids who were able to be there and perform would get a Christmas gift and then also get their picture with Santa. Mm-hmm. But what's special about that event is that on the 19th, we're going to give 10 families um, more Christmas gifts. We want to bless that one church ministry. We want to bless 10 families for Christmas. 10 families. 10 families. So we identified the 10. And we want to be able to give them more gifts and pour into them for this Christmas holiday. And I've done Angel Tree Christmas before. Yeah. Uh, I did that in 2016 where we picked out 10 families yep. to give gifts to. And um, and my dream for next year is to do a Christmas store. I want to be able to use the gym and turn it into a store and let parents come in and buy, you know, basically give us a ticket and they get a free gift for their kid. That would be a dream of mine. I know it's like a year project to do that because you have to get people to give. Mm. But I, I just haven't seen it in Nashville. Somebody have a full gym full of toys where parents can go down like an aisle and get their kids something for Christmas because I'm blessed to be able to get my kids something. I'm blessed to be able to wake up on Christmas morning and give my wife and my kids something. But I always think about – that's why I did the Thanksgiving event because I was able to um, bless somebody with something to eat on Thanksgiving. So – I'm hoping that next year we can do that. That dream is doing a Christmas store. And I learned that from um, uh, Urban Youth Impact. They do a Christmas. They actually rent a huge, like one of them revival tents. Awesome. And they fill it up with toys and single parents can come in and get their kids some toys, bikes and stuff like that for Christmas. Because kids deserve a smile on that day. Like that day sometimes saddens me because um, I'm able to get my kids something. And But what about those who... Moms are in, you know, the rescue mission because they had an abusive man. Yeah. Don't they kids deserve something special for Christmas? Those are the things that I, that's the thing that bothers me that I'm trying to fill a gap in that makes me feel like I've done something to give back. You you said it right. Kids deserve a smile on that day. They deserve it, man. Right. My Not, kids they smile. deserve a smile and to smile. They deserve that. Right. And so mm. I, I, I honor uh, programs that do things for like angel trees and toy drives and stuff like that. So if I can't do it, I always give it to somebody else. Fantastic. I always give, and uh, and I'm looking forward to the 19th where we're knocking on the door. So I'm going to go to 10 families on the 19th. That's going to be a lot. But knocking on their door and seeing their kids smile, getting Christmas gifts. Like, I'm really looking forward to that 19th. So um, in a second, after Ethan asks you his question, mm-hmm. we're going to make sure everybody knows whether they want to support um, the Christmas program or just or just the organization in general. We're gonna make yep. sure they know how Appreciate and where that. to do that. Okay, um, but Ethan, all right, come on up here, buddy. Right. Let's see if we can not tear anything up or st- spill anything on the way over here. So, I, don't do that. <laughs> well, I might, I might. So, um, 
It's there. Look, there you are. You're on camera. See there? You look good. You look good. You look like your mama. Thank goodness. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you the mic, and you're going to ask him your question. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see what you got. So, quick question. Okay. <laughs> Since you had a father, how do you how do you know how that other people that don't have a father, how do you know the experience of not having a father? Well, number one, I don't know what it is to go without a father. That's number one. I've seen other kids and what they went through mm. and the stories they have told me about not having a father. Um, I've heard stories of fathers who promised their kids to pick them up. It happened to my wife. Her, her father promised to pick her up, say, get your coat, stand on the porch. I'm going to come pick you up. And he never showed up. And that's devastating to a child. Any promise my dad made, he did. And it's a good friend of mine. Um, who told me a great story about his father, promised to pick him up, told his mom, I got my backpack, dad promised me. And he says, I'm, I think he's in his 50s. He says, I'm still sitting on that porch waiting on my dad to pick me up. And his dad has been gone. His dad is deceased. But he says, I'm still that little child waiting for my dad to pick me up. So I think that um, with my dad, I had great promises. The fathers get broken promises because it hurts when your father tells you you're going to be there and you're not. And so that's the difference between like my dad with me and then those who don't have fathers. Question answered. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that. Well, Ethan, that was fantastic. You continue to blow me away on a daily basis. That was a great question, man. Way to go. Way to go. Well, thank you. You can have a seat back over there. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He will steal the show if I let him. I will and it'd probably be a better show. Um, okay. So Let's talk a little bit about how, um, first of all, let's tell folks where they can find you. Um, yeah, they can so, find so, me on my website. I didn't mean to cut you off. They can find no, me at uh, .or. Um, If you are open to giving, supporting this cause, helping us continue to fight for the fatherless, um, you can go to our website and you make a donation of any amount that will support this program mm-hmm. and help us continue to fight for the fatherless. That would be generously great. That helps us continue to further this mission. And I assure you that your money will not be wasted. Well, I'm going to make sure that the instructions that you just provided, that they work before you leave. Today, okay. okay, I appreciate that. Excellent. I appreciate that. Um, so you got a, you got some social media. You got Instagram, yeah. um, which, um, and that is, it's, it's, what's the Instagram handle? Uh, just uh, Stronger Than My Father. Strong, uh, strong, stronger Than My Father's Instagram, the Facebook, and, uh, and Twitter? Twitter Stronger Sons. Okay. So uh, Stronger Sons, Love which that. is going to be the name of my new mentoring program that launches August of 2022. So I'm really looking forward to getting back into that mentoring world. Uh, the Ask School program is great. It's self-sufficient without markets. Um, I had to tell myself that. Um, there's time to let somebody else run it, and you go back because um, I just don't see a lot of strong mentoring programs that's helping young men in Nashville. Right. I could be totally wrong, but I've been asking a lot who really mentors, not just pick you up and take you to a trampoline park and get some pizza. I'm talking about seeing you graduate high school and you're going to college or gaining a career. Right. So I want these young, and then I, I, our mission for Stronger Sons is to build 1,000 strong sons to break the fatherhood cycle. Unbelievable. That's my mission with Stronger Sons. So. I'm getting the neckties. I want these boys how to wear ties, how to yeah. dress nice. Uh, I got a whole bunch of guys that's going to come in and pour into these young men. 
um, to show them a better life. And so you can be, if you want to be the, see what you see on Instagram is bad, then I'm not the guy for you. But if you look at me and say, Marcus, can you help me change my life? Can you help me get me in a better position to be successful? I will work to the bone to get you there. So I love it. Folks, the reason that he is successful in what he's doing is for the same reasons that businesses prosper. And that is one, he's got clear cut, um, like targets, goals that he's chasing with a deadline. Right. And, um, and, uh, he's extremely proficient and, um, detailed in the mission of exactly what he is trying to do. Um, so like, that's the biggest mistake most businesses do when they launch is they don't have a clear cut target or a goal or a destination or anything like that. They don't know if they're doing good. They don't know if they're doing bad. They don't have anything to measure mm-hmm. and you have created things to measure. You heard it right there. A thousand, a thousand strong sons. I want 1000 strong sons, man. I want to really, cycle. I really want to see how many we can truly help, um, have a shot. Um, cause I've been around some great successful guys. I got some great successful friends who are hugely successful, but when I look at the background, most of them had a dad, mm-hmm. most of them had a great fathers, yeah. um, that poured into them and now they're successful. And then when I see their kids, you can see how they dress their appearances right. and stuff like that. So right. people don't believe old Mark, but I'm telling you that fatherhood piece, yeah, especially for young men, I, I used to say for young men and girls, um, because young ladies always look for, if they grew up with a good father, they look for someone similar as their dad. Yeah, your website has a, yeah. a beautiful little lady on there. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And you usually look for someone that's similar like your dad. And I think what I would look for in a wife was someone similar like my mother. Um, because I knew that I could get along with her. That's right. <laughs> so that's what, that, it worked out for me. It worked out. So I've been blessed. I heard a, a teammate taught me this um, years ago. When back in the day to start um, to start something, three hundred three hundred dollars was the magic number that we we had to get somebody to get to to invest into themselves. And it was uh, an agent looked me in the face and said, uh, "Why don't you just ask thirty people, not loan you ten dollars, love you ten dollars?" Oh, I may use that. Uh-huh. I'm use that. So as a matter of fact, I'm gonna use it right now, folks. Um, stronger than my father. Dot org. Love somebody twenty dollars today. I appreciate it. Right now. Right now. Um, I'm telling you, I'll make sure it works for you before he leaves today, okay? Um, But um, you can't can't do too much. It's amazing. A lot of people don't give because they just, they think, oh, it's not enough or it's not going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. It all adds up. Yeah. I think every dollar adds up. And some people are nervous because they don't know if you're you're a scam artist. They don't know if you're a pretender, you know, those things. Mm Mm-hmm. And it happens. And so I think that I tell people, look at my track record. Yeah. Go to social media and see the work we're doing. Yeah. How many families we feed for Thanksgiving? How many families we fed for Easter? How many backpacks we gave out yeah. to kids? Um, how many kids have been impacted by going to a great after school program? Yes. Um, we, we, I mean, we hardly have any openings now. It's Just, awesome. You know, I'm trying to squeeze kids in. It's unbelievable. And, uh, my program looks at me like, Mark. We can't take no more. Slow yeah. it down. But I just think that every dollar is used to help us further our mission. So if they want to help financially, they know how to do that. If they want to, if they want to support in person, they can do that as well. They can communicate yeah. through you guys through the website just we, like. We have a volunteer form you can complete, and, um, and then we um, contact you um, when we have our next event, which is Be Easter. So Easter Excellent. will be our next big 
um, event. So we I've uh, been blessed to get a plethora of volunteers awesome. um, that volunteer. Thanksgiving, we had, we did, Thanksgiving actually did two locations. Um, the day before, I did one, we fed 200, we gave 200 meals out Wednesday and turned around and did 250 on Thursday. So I had two locations and we had at least 20 plus volunteers at both locations. So it worked out. Um, I didn't know what to do, but just hand out meals because my wife had it all organized and I didn't really have to do much. So it really worked out. That's so fantastic. I was really, really blessed that it all worked out. Marcus, I'm absolutely blown away, man. I appreciate um, it. You are one in a million. And I mean Thank that. You. Like, Thank you. I know a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. <laughs> I've worked with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you, you are rare, man. You are, you are rare. Well, I appreciate um, that. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to hit all those numbers that you throw out there, you're probably going to blow through them anyways. Yeah. Um, you probably didn't aim high enough <laughs> at the end well, of the day. You know what? I, I just want to, like I tell people, is I want to use my life to be a blessing to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, God blessed me with great parents, um, a great middle-class family who, um, believe it or not, I was the worst kid out of my family. Um, and people ask me, why am I doing this when you grow up with a dad? Why are you doing this and that? And I say, you, and you know what I tell people? Ask God. Don't ask me why. <laughs> ask God why I'm doing this. Because mm. uh, the, the flesh side of Marcus don't want to do it. But right. the spirit side of Marcus says um, it's needed and it's necessary. Right. Because somebody deserves a better shot at a better life. I am blown away. Marcus Manise, stronger than my father. Yes, a local nonprofit here in Nashville, Tennessee, um, an amazing organization with an even more amazing mission, creating amazing people, putting them back out in the community. It's outstanding. Well, it's outstanding. I, I, I thank you, man. I thank you for giving me a voice, uh, a platform to get my voice out. Is there anything else that you want to uh, that you want to tell the folks before we bring this thing to a close? No, I just say, you know, um, if you believe in the work we're doing, we appreciate your support. Um, but help us continue to um, impact more lives, more kids and more families. That's our goal, to impact more kids and more families. That's what I'm looking forward to doing. I know I learned a lot today, um, not just about the organization and, and, and the mission behind it, but like how to make the organizations we already supported better yes. based on the example that you guys are setting. So um, you guys are leading the crowd. Again, I'm just absolutely blown away. Marcus Manis, um, founder of Stronger and exe- founder and executive director of Stronger Than My Father Incorporated, a local Nashville nonprofit organization. Um, thanks so much for being here today, man. I Thank know your you. time is valuable. Oh no, man. This was this was the highlight of my day. Fantastic. The highlight of my day. I've enjoyed every bit of this. And you have to bring me on again soon. We will, and we're bringing <laughs> the teammates in. And I'm serious. Yes. Find you you get, there's some special young men that graduate your program. Yes. And it's something cool about being under the lights yeah. and being mic'd up and sitting down and doing stuff. And I want and I want you to I want to share that with those with those kids somehow. Um, and it's fun sitting back here um, behind the desk too. And you need to do that from time to time. Well, so. you didn't tell me, hey, Mark, get behind the desk. Uh, Marquise would probably be my first one. That's I want to get Marquise. Uh, me and him is, is real real close. And actually, if I bring Dominique, I cry. So, yeah. <laughs> so if, if I get Dominique in town. Um, I'm definitely got to call you because Dominique is is the reason why I'm doing this. Fantastic. His life, um, he means so much to me yeah. um, in my personal life, um, and I call him my first son. There you go. Even though I have two na- uh, you know, natural sons, but he, he's the first. 
Well, the theme of this show, um, it's in the uh, it's in the introduction. It was something Dale and I talked about on the pilot episode. Is we're going to bring people on here that everybody knows, and we're going to bring people on here that not everybody knows yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. And well, um, I appreciate that. And uh, you are definitely somebody that if they don't now they do, and well, they're going to continue to find out. So well, I appreciate um, it, man. Um, once again, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. I'm your man, Nick Heider. Um, if you like what you hear or watch, and I know that you do, make sure and hit that subscribe button and uh, tune in next time. Thank you so much to my special guest, my man, Ethan Heider, in the building. Came up with that question all by himself, didn't he, Fiona? It was in- incredibly impressive. Um, thanks so much for sitting in here, man. It was awesome to have you here today. What's that? Oh, he's right. Ethan Hyder's YouTube channel. He, I told you, he never misses an opportunity. <laughs> Ethan Hyder on YouTube. Lots of great drum videos and stuff there. So, folks, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time.